2: Welcome to Worst Year Ever, a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome to the
0: worst year ever. We'll get through it together or not. Everything is so dumb, dumb.
2: Welcome back to the worst year ever. The very first episode of the actual worst year ever. It's
3: official. We've arrived. So really
4: welcome. We are like really just welcoming them to the first time for the worst year ever. 2020, baby. For the worst. Yeah. We did it. We made it to the very beginning.
2: Hope you guys had a restful holiday. Buckle up. Mm. Actually, so far.
4: And boy, howdy. (laughs)
2: Boy, howdy. (laughs) It seems
4: like. The worst year ever uh, did not, to put it in sex terms, uh, gross sex terms, mm. just, just got right in there without any lubricant. Did you all see the uh, multiple headlines talking about Bernie Sanders' successful fundraising? Yes, I, did. I did. Where he is rubbing his hands together yep. like a Nazi caricature of yep. a Jewish man? <laughs> they all used that
3: photo.
1: So interesting. They the Huffington did. Post, so interesting how they the did Washington
4: that. Post, it and is, what was the NPR third did... One? It,
3: it is yeah.
4: wild. Um, Heavy hitters. My hey, God. congratulations
2: <laughs> to him for raising so much money, so much more than everybody yes. else.
4: Yeah.
2: I that is pretty incredible, right? For, oh, for the, the feet. Oh
3: yeah, absolutely. Feet, uh, especially considering all yeah. the small donors. Thirty four and,
2: and a half million and the, yeah, what well, the average contribution was just eighteen dollars. Yeah. It's dope.
4: He only had one donor of over one donation of over five thousand, I think, was which was interesting.
2: Yeah. Mm. Um yeah, as opposed yeah. to Pete, who apparently only mm. raised $25.7 It's okay, Pete. Um, I just say that <laughs> to ease us into a transition mm. into the actual topic of this episode, which is, uh, Cody, are you calling it Pete Tutajedge?
3: It's uh, Pete Tutajedge yeah. Electric Buddha Judge.
2: Yep. Um, not sure if that's going to be the official title, but-
3: It absolutely it is. is. Sophie's, uh, shaking, um, Sophie's her shaking her head yes. shaking her head
2: no. Um, yeah. Side to side means yes. We obviously did a Pete episode last year, but there's more stuff to talk about. And Cody was fired up, <laughs> and Robert was also interested, and I was like, cool, guys. Yeah. We'll do it. Um yeah. But I'm introing because this is your episode. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. And I'll try to interject with clever little things. Oh, yeah.
3: There's lots to say.
2: Yeah. Uh, you want to you kick us off? Yeah. You want to tell us what you prepared?
3: So in our Pete episode yes our first uh, bootage episode uh I think some people were actually kind of put off by how it was framed within an old essay of his about Bernie Sanders right and presented in contrast with Bernie Sanders and as a tool to bully Pete into dropping out and endorsing Bernie Sanders
2: it's a very cody angle uh,
3: it's a it's a goal I still support Cool. but uh, I heard you uh we heard you um, we're gonna talk about Pete again uh, and I'm not going to mention the other guy at all. We this already did, but, oh, sure. but, but not again. I will, Probably. Not, I will not say his name. Um, and so last time, uh, before Pete Tuttejedge, Electric judge, the official title there of we this go. episode, Sophie, uh, we talked about uh, his upbringing, his schooling, his career, his, uh, his glide path to abandoning Medicare for all, uh, things like that. Uh, if you haven't listened to it, it might come in handy this episode. The original point of this episode was actually a broader question of, is Pete a CIA agent? <laughs> uh, and while there wasn't necessarily enough for a whole episode of that, we will get to it, I promise. And everything we're going to talk about is kind of related to that. Um, but first, uh, just, you know, catching up from the year, you know, uh, since the episode, here's a hodgepodge of quotes and incidents that perfectly illustrate Peter Paul Montgomery Buttigieg. First, we're quickly going to listen to this short commercial of Pete uh, speaking out loud for the purposes of recording and releasing an advertisement for people to see.
5: Okay. I believe we should move to make college affordable for everybody. There are some voices saying, well, that, that doesn't count unless you go even further. Unless it's free even for, for the kids and millionaires. But I only want to make promises that we can keep. Look, what I'm proposing is is plenty bold. I mean, these are big ideas. We can gather the, the majority to drive those big ideas through without turning off half the country before we even get into office. And that, I think, is the best governing strategy as well as what it's going to take in order to win. And Lord knows we got to win. I'm Pete Buttigieg, and I approve this message okay so thanks
3: Pete uh real quick uh just a small thing the phrase plenty bold sticks out to me
2: uh, it's it you might as well have said it's good enough
3: it's good enough exactly it is it's mm-hmm. yeah, it's
2: plenty bold why, don't, why like we don't need to come on come on guys we don't
3: need to um I
4: like the way you make it into one word Cody it's plenty, plenty bold. bold it's plenty
3: bold yeah um, Pete play bold but um but uh plenty is,
4: boot yeah <laughs> Pliny Boldajedge? Pete edge. Ooh. Ooh, good Plen- one. P- Plen- no, bold. Plen- Plenty boldage edge yeah. is much better. Oh, my gosh.
3: Look what just happened. <laughs> this is going to be the best year ever. Um, so uh, I kind of just wanted to bring this clip up in general because, again, this is an official ad from him that he has approved and spoke in uh, with cameras around. <laughs> and he really likes to harp on this idea that we're paying for the kids of millionaires for college Um, And while that's kind of a dishonest um, in its framing of the point of universal education, we've talked about this kind of thing before. Mm -hmm. um, It's also dishonest in the framing of his own policy. Uh, To quote him and his platform on the website, he wants people to read, quote, we can make public tuition completely free for over 7 million lower and middle income students who are eligible for federal Pell Grants, including many middle income families with multiple children in college, and for all families earning up to $100,000. Now, I don't, I'm no, like, math guy. I'm not a Yang fella, you know? But $100,000 is not a millionaire?
2: Sure isn't.
4: No, that's really fucked up. Isn't it? Because, like, um, yeah, that would have, like, when I, if I had wanted to go to college, I would have been cut out of that. And my family right. was mm-hmm. not rich. My parents just both made about fifty grand a year and mm-hmm. had a huge amount of debt. Exactly. Uh and Same. very little extra Yeah, exactly. Unfortunately, and could not afford yeah.
2: A hundred thousand dollars isn't that much money. It's
4: like in maybe our two
3: teachers, maybe.
4: Yeah. the fact because it's also it's like a per household number. Mm-hmm. Um, which is yeah. Uh it's fucked up. I yeah. I do wanna note that like when you you first started reading that uh, Buttigieg quote where he was talking about not wanting to, like, pay for college for millionaires, I decided to look up how many millionaires there were in the U.S. because I assumed it would be a very small number, and I could laugh at what a tiny number <laughs> we were really arguing over. It is not. There's 18.6 millionaires in the United States. Yeah, 18.6 million millionaires. Yeah, that's way more than I expected. Uh, so – that's one i was not right on that is a lot of people it is a significant that's question
3: a yeah yeah um and i don't know like personally i'm fine with paying for the children of millionaires to go to to yes. to college cuz they'll yes. pay for mine right you know it's uh, we've talked about this before yes. um but i think it's especially interesting considering that even his own plan is contradictory to that like you're mm-hmm. you're not saying – like it's it's just very dishonest framing, I think, and um i i I don't know yeah. Pete, I don't know, I don't know about you
4: um, well, it, <laughs> it I mean, it's because like a hundred thousand sounds like a lot of money, it is a lot of money, um, but not when you actually like look at the way in which it's being counted for these purposes, but like it's easy, you know, I think Pete thinks like a debater a lot and it's an easy number. Like mm-hmm. to kind of get to argue face to face with people, especially if like they're not really prepared to debate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I do like, yeah, I, I think that's probably why that number was arbitrarily picked.
3: Yeah, I think there's uh, there's I mean, there's McKinsey in his blood. You know, he's got he's frames things in a certain yeah. way uh, to sort of uh, just do what he needs to do. Um, <clears throat> speaking of just sort of things that Pete says, uh, we're going to listen to another quick clip of him, uh, this recently been passed around, uh, of him talking to some uh, younger folk about um, the history of slavery in America.
2: Is it folk or folk? Oh,
4: this'll be good. Mm-hmm. If I know one person who should be talking about, okay, just play it.
2: <laughs>
5: <laughs> Similarly, the amendment process. They were wise enough to realize that they didn't have all the answers and that some things would change. Uh, a good example of this is something like slavery or civil rights. Uh, for It's a, an embarrassing thing to admit. But the people who wrote the Constitution did not understand that slavery was a bad thing and did not respect civil rights. Uh, and yet they created a framework uh, so that as the generations came to understand that that was important, they could write that into the Constitution too and ensure true equal protection for all of us.
3: So thank you, Pete, for that. Um, thank you, Pete. Robert, you
4: laughed really appreciate as soon as he said that. would
3: you want to explain why you
4: laughed? Yes. Well, you know, I'm not sure if you have the Thomas Jefferson quote uh, available, but Thomas Jefferson, famed slave owner, repeatedly wrote about slavery being a horrible evil. It was a repeated subject of discussion among the founding fathers, many of whom acknowledged – many of whom who also owned slaves acknowledged that it was bad. Uh, Benjamin Franklin uh, was a – was not a slave owner but was initially pro-slavery in his youth – um, and one of his friends wound up running essentially like a like a, a – I think it was an orphanage, but like where they had a bunch of both black and white kids that they were educating. And Franklin met like young black kids and saw them being educated alongside white kids and came to the horrifying realization that he had been wrong about uh, black people his entire life and became an abolitionist and was an abolitionist by the time the country was established. Uh, so was the author of Common Sense – um, yeah. yeah, it seems he's
2: like this is stuff that he should know, right? He should yeah. know this. Being they they someone
4: argued that's- about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um,
2: if we know that, he knows that.
3: Lots of quotes yeah. that could be said um, from all the people you mentioned. George Washington's got it. John Adams ha- has got it. Yeah. Um, they're everywhere. Uh, it's interesting that for a day, everyone pointed this out. And then the next day, Ted Cruz is like, actually, uh, and he pointed it out too, but this is sort of like a right-wing reaction of like, we agree too that Pete's wrong. But it's especially interesting because Pete graduated from Harvard with a, uh, he majored in history. (laughs) Pete's a history major. And
2: clearly wanted to be president (laughs) since, from a young age. Yeah. Uh, So
3: so there's like, I don't want to say he's lying. Um, No he's lying He's uh, absolutely lying lying. You can say it (laughs) I'm not gonna say it I love Pete Um, uh, But if he's not lying Then he's not a smart man Sure Um, Either
2: one's not a good look Um, Yeah he's lying Um, Why he does so poorly with black voters
3: Um, So yeah So that's a a theme we'll revisit Uh, His uh, 0% with black voters uh, Is another theme we'll actually be coming back to Yeah Um, And uh, Because the whole point is that they did know that it was bad. Um, They did it anyway. And it was in protection of, you know, the system and capital and power. Um, And this idea of, like, knowing something is wrong, right? But you do it anyway. To protect those interests. Um, It's an interesting lie for Pete to tell. And we'll get into that later, too.
4: Yeah, it's just an example of a long-running Pete Buttigieg um tactic which is say whatever will get you the most approval in the room you're in. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. No, we'll get to yeah. that too. And oh. Yeah. And oh, yeah, we can we can yeah, I have some things on that too. Yeah, I guess yeah, <laughs> but we'll, we'll right. move along for but now. But yeah, Good it's God. just
3: it's it's uh sort of going through these sort of like little mini examples right. um because I think they all illustrate things about
2: Pete
3: uh, in significant ways for several reasons. Speaking of actually exactly what you uh, just said, Robert, here's another little story. So Pete ran for DNC chair back in 2017. Mm -hmm. On the day of the Women's March, while all of the other candidates were at a retreat about fundraising for the struggling DNC he wanted to be chair of, he bravely went to the Women's March instead. And he would bring this up quite a lot to draw a distinction between himself and the other candidates. Uh, much to the other candidates' confusion and chagrin. Um, And he wasn't even saying, like, these candidates, they were doing, like, big donor stuff, but I was in the streets where they should have been. Uh, He was just sort of saying this thing that made him different. Um, And Pete brought this up at a forum in Houston, and one of the candidates confronted him about this after leaving the stage. And I'm going to read a quote from her, Jamu Green, uh, which is reported in the New York Times. Quote, He looked him in the eye and said, this is a competition. You say whatever you need to say to win. That's when I saw who the real Mayor Pete was.
2: Yeah, I saw that quote floating around. Cool. It like it's Yikes. a cool
3: quote. Cool quote. Yeah. Is that the one that I, uh,
2: Castro tweeted? Yes, it is. Yeah. Which is also yeah. like wild. Uh, tweeting that. Who
4: I wish, wish we'd had time to cover before he dropped out. I really like. We could have. I guess I like him a lot too. I think he's again. Uh, I'm not. a a centrist and i think he more or less is what a centrist should Mm -hmm. be ideally um right but i also think he's like a a a pretty good person which i don't say really ever yeah um about political candidates
2: yeah Yeah. i agree with you i like him yeah
3: he Um, dropped out i was like oh bye castro yeah
4: that's a bummer so you know when i first heard that that quote uh my first thought on it was like well This could just be a lie, which is like a thing that happens with politicians. Mm -hmm. I don't like, and I'm always hesitant when it's like, "Oh, this is like that story about Pete Buttigieg that was supposedly from like a friend of his in school, or a kid who knew him in school, like like where he was, um, like like a piece of shit in the quote, and like I always wanted to be president, and just wanting like it was one of those things where it's like, well, it would. I don't like Pete, so I want this to be true. But it's also just some guy saying it, and it reinforced and, like so everything
3: I, to in, to a point yeah. where it's like that's very close to what we think. Yeah.
4: So when I pulled up that quote, I started looking to see if I could like. It's the kind of thing I wanted to know if that was. Real. I wanted some, like, hardcore evidence of him doing exactly that, of just, like, saying exactly what was necessary uh, in order to win and clearly not caring about the actual meaning mm-hmm. of his words. Um, and it turns out there's a great Washington Post article that does just that. Uh, Pete Buttigieg once boasted he helped McKinsey, uh, McKinsey turn around Fortune 500 companies. Um So in the article, it cites a couple of different uh, speeches that Pete Buttigieg gave uh, in 2010 when he left McKenzie to run for Indiana State Treasurer. Um, And it's interesting. Uh, As a candidate in a forum that September, he like joked to the audience, which was a bunch of – included a bunch of conservatives from a Tea Party-affiliated group. He joked to that audience that someone had made a mistake when they'd given him a Rhodes Scholarship. Um, which is sort of like, you know, it's again, him like talking to the room. It's like, okay, Mm -hmm. these guys aren't going to be impressed by me having, so I've got to like play that down. Um... Uh, during a like this group's meet the candidate night, he said, "quote I did math for a living around economics, the economics of energy, the economics of stabilizing very tough places around the world to make sure there's less violence there. But I got to thinking, if I'm any good at stabilizing economies, maybe I ought to try helps and help stabilize the economy right here in Indiana. And so the premise of my campaign in the state at, is the state treasurer's office could be doing more to help our economic life. Um, so you can see there that he's saying like during my time in McKinsey, I stabilized national." economies. Right. Right. Which is saying that you had a pretty significant role and he had to do this because he was like three years out of college at this point. So we really had to make a case (laughs) that he'd gotten up to some shit in those three years. Um... Now, in a 2011 forum for mayoral candidates hosted by uh, the South Bend Regional Chamber of Commerce, uh, Buttigieg again bragged about his background in economics based primarily on his McKinsey experience, uh, saying, quote, well, the main reason that I'm running, and I know this sounds a little bit funny coming from the youngest candidate, but the main reason is my experience. I think I'm the only candidate who has an economics degree. I'm pretty sure I'm the only candidate who's been part of a billion-dollar decisions made by Fortune 500 companies. I'm the only candidate who's done economic development for a living. So there he's adding the brag that he helped make billion-dollar decisions for Fortune 500 companies. McKinsey absolutely does work with Fortune 500 companies, so it wasn't impossible. But obviously, we didn't know which companies those were, because at the time, all of Pete Buttigieg's clients, uh, while he was working at McKinsey, were covered by an NDA. Um, Now, and he made repeated brags about like working on Fortune 500, billion-dollar budgets and stuff like that. Um, now eight years later when he was freed from his non-disclosure agreement with McKinsey, and this just happened at the end of last year, mm-hmm. he was allowed to disclose the name of his clients. Um, his, yeah, he, he, uh, number one, there weren't like any fortune 500 companies, uh, in the list that he'd worked for. Um, <laughs> like the, the, yeah. Um, and you know there was a, a couple downplayed other like really them quite a bit. yeah he downplayed
3: his role he, well, quite yeah a he very bit. much the wins downplayed are different them right
2: now <clears throat> yeah
4: so before when he'd talked about he, he like he one of the companies he worked for was blue cross uh blue shield He said that he had to make extraordinarily tough decisions on extraordinarily big budgets um, and like multi-billion dollar budgets. And the only company that he worked with where his work might have kind of uh, actually fit that description was Blue Cross Blue Shield. Mm -hmm. Um, But once he started specifically bragging about – like once he started specifically talking about his work for Blue Cross Blue Shield because the NDA uh, McKinsey released him from parts of it, um, rather than saying that he'd had like a major – Like been making tough decisions about big budgets. Um, It just said that he analyzed overhead expenditures like rent, travel costs, and utilities, and specifically noted that he wasn't part of any decision-making or in charge of making recommendations. So in 2011, Buttigieg said, we do need to reimagine our budget for the bottom line. One of the things I did for a living was just that. So I remember one client organization that was a large insurance firm that had grown in such a way that there was a great deal of duplication. And some people didn't even know uh, what some the what the people working for them were doing. So that was him clearly bragging about uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield in 2011. But now in 2019 when he asked to actually say the name and it becomes clear that if he talks about like – what he did blue cross blue shield fired a bunch of people he might be on the line for cutting a bunch of jobs so he starts downplaying his work for blue cross blue shield Mm -hmm. um it's just like this this uh, again clear evidence. like all he's doing is saying exactly what he needs to do to impress the people in the room at the moment he's a
3: good politician he's not that great
2: he's Um, not that great but but i mean like this game and a a lot of people see him as this really likable guy and so I, i don't know i think he's
3: yeah, it I think it kind of it kind of falls apart I, when he's confronted about it, um which yeah. we'll get to. And there's a lot of yeah, more about that McKinsey stuff that I think we need to talk about um
2: Well, after the break though, yes. cuz we got to take a quick break for yeah. those things that we have people sell. You, they sell them and people buy them. Well said. Yeah. Both of us. we mm-hmm. We'll be right back. Welcome to the Worst year ever. we
6: will get through it together.
0: LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash news. That's LifeLock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here.
7: Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store.
0: Everything is so dumb, 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 dumb. We're back! And
4: we're back! We're back. From a yeah. break. I just want to make it clear, I guess, what I, th- I find so sketchy about this. There's a part of me, the conspiratorial, in that is like, I think Putajed. Putajed. That's
2: a good one. Put it on the list.
4: When he decided to work for McKinsey, I think he might have been making a conscious decision that number one, like this is a big firm, like they work with big clients, they also value secrecy. So if I've had a few years with them, I can basically brag about anything and claim to have any kind of relevant experience that Absolutely. might help me get elected it and a, nobody's gonna be able to check up on it.
2: It was a calculated decision that's all part yeah, of his life. Like everything. End goal. Yeah,
4: yeah, it's
3: like everything in his life. He's very again. Calculated. It's a politician. Um Yeah. And some of it is uh yeah. a little more I think brazen than others. Mm-hmm. Um uh some of him he's been on camera for more often than others. Um I think so uh Here's a few more stories. Great. That uh, kind of, I think illustrate this. And and then we're going to get into like, we're going to get into the money issue, which I think is very important. So um, at a recent event, um, some protesters unfurled an unfair banner uh, that read Wall Street Pete. Okay. All right. Um, Pete replied, I remember when they said the same thing about Obama and then he set up the CFPB, put Elizabeth Warren in charge of it and delivered some of the toughest regulations on Wall Street ever. Now, I'm not going to get into Obama wow. and Wall Street. I'll just point out that there was a pretty contentious relationship between mm-hmm. his administration and Warren in setting up the CFPB. To quote a Politico article called, Why are you pissing in our face <laughs> inside Warren's war with the Obama team? Quote, one White House official suggested to Warren that the president would nominate someone else, but she would be the bureau's cheerleader. Yo. It was insulting, and I wasn't going to do it, Warren recalls in an interview this summer from the presidential campaign trail in Iowa, dodging whether she found the suggestion sexist, sexist, which, Katie, I think that was your reaction there.
2: Ew. (laughs) Yeah. Um,
3: What about a special advisor? No. The Bureau's public spokeswoman? No. Um, And so contrary to Pete's claim, Warren was not put in charge of it at all um, and has never been in charge of it. So that's a weird claim. Like um,
4: literally, the only thing he said in that statement that isn't a lie is that the CFPB was established under Obama. That is like, correct. Everything else is horseshit. <laughs> yeah.
2: I don't want to use the term fake news, but uh, he
4: seems like a liar. I don't I, know. I think. Yeah, I think lying
3: is fine. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna get more and more comfortable with using that word as we go. I think. Um, you seem pretty comfortable mm-hmm. with it. So I really far. do. All right, um, let's
2: keep it going. Well, yeah. Well,
3: so here's another quote from October uh, from from Pete. Um we are going up against the sitting president of the United States. He has tremendous amounts of support and allies at his back and we're not going to beat him with pocket change. Uh this is I think a dig at the small donation numbers mm-hmm. of the other can- some of the other candidates. Um Fine could...
2: Pete, I'll save my change for the meter. Thank you very much.
3: There you go. Um interesting I got a that he also today, that's
2: all. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry.
3: <laughs> um he also talks a lot about his grassroots movement um which I think is interesting contrast between uh uh, poo-pooing pocket change from small from small donors. I know, Sophie, I've never said that phrase before and I'll never say it again, I'm sorry.
2: Poo-poo to judge. Um,
3: <laughs> uh, speaking of pocket change, um, you know how at the most recent debate, everyone was like, you got all these billionaires donating to you, Pete. Look at all the grotesquely wealthy people supporting your campaign. Why that? How come? And they compared it to you know their own low average donor number. Um, well, on Christmas Eve... Pete's campaign sent out an email Mm -hmm. and that email reads like this. All you have to do to win is donate the smallest amount that nobody else donates. This is a contest from Pete's campaign. In other words, suppose you donate a dollar. If someone else playing also donated exactly one dollar, you both lose. We'll see if only one player donated one dollar and one cent and so on until we find an amount donated exactly once and that's our winner. So the rules of this game is that you donate the least amount possible. To his campaign. (laughs) Um, And it just seems like a little bit of a sneaky little thing to try to get your average uh, donations down.
2: Sure, yeah. I
3: mean, I'm just. Cool. Also doesn't
2: seem to have panned out for him. Didn't
3: really pan out for him. Um, But this, again, is like who he is. Yeah. He's a sneaky little guy. (laughs)
2: Sneaky
4: well, I mean, um, it, it goes back to like it's also trying to tell the room what the room wants to hear. Yes. You want to see that I have a lot of small donations? Well, how do I do that? Easy. That's the easiest way to do that. Well, I'll let's, make it uh, stupid fucking game. Fake it. Let's fake it. Um, yeah,
3: It's very um – it's very frustrating, but Pete's um, been in a, a bit of a hot water lately for yeah. these reasons. Yeah, this um, isn't
2: the first time this has been. No, out got lately. into a bit of a
3: spat at the debate with Elizabeth Warren uh, and some other guy running for president about his fundraising and how he sure has a lot of billionaires supporting him. Um, and uh, they talk about the wine cave a lot. Katie, do you want to describe the wine cave
4: situation?
2: The wine cave situation. Uh, yeah, the wine cave Because you, like, Katie, guess,
4: you own a wine cave, right? I
2: own many wine caves, but they're actual caves and you have to hike out to the desert and that's where I keep my wine. And I don't you, like you just complain wine. complain about stuff there? I <laughs> complain about it. Yeah, wine gives me a headache, so I try to keep it yeah, as far Katie away as possible. Katie hates wine
4: and locks it away in the, the desert.
2: Except <laughs> It's a new thing I like. Anywho- uh, it's a chilled red wine, a little sparkling. Not the point. Sophie's saying she loves it. We're gonna go get a glass. Super, later. not the point. Um, no, the wine cave. Uh, you guys probably have more information about it, but it, it's um, this couple, and they're you know in the finance industry, blah blah blah. And they have this. They're big donors for the Democratic Party, and they have this wine cave, and they host events there, and they've raised a lot of money for a lot of people. Um, it's hard to be, I, I, I guess establishment Democrat without having mm. been associated with this place at some point. Yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, the woman apparently <laughs> in the 90s had uh, really put a lot of pressure to get an ambassadorship and then did. You know, like they've yes. got influence.
3: Um, that's the thing about these bundlers and these fu- big like, private fundraisers. People's yeah. issues with the private closed door fundraisers. These, This is how people get ambassadorships. Yes. This is how they get these positions and get favors um, that Pete says isn't going to happen. Um, but literally, they're talking about the wine cave of a woman who got an ambassadorship for donating to Bill Clinton's re-election campaign. And I
2: think that it's been they've been around for a while. Uh, but obviously, there's a movement away from this. Yeah, <laughs> we're here talking <laughs> yeah, about it, and and it, it deserves to be highlighted. Yeah, yeah,
3: and um, uh, again, it's a. Uh, Reading the room. Pete's really good at reading the room. Um, To quote an article from The Intercept, During his first bid for public office, a statewide run for Indiana state treasurer in 2010, Pete Buttigieg argued that accepting contributions from banks, political action committees linked to banks, or bank executives would amount to a conflict of interest, and he swore off, or in the latter case, limited such donations to far below the legal limit. Um, In his bid for president... Buttigieg has gone farther in some respects, swearing off all corporate PAC money and pledging to refuse money from executives at fossil fuel companies. But a review of his campaign disclosure records finds that Buttigieg's presidential campaign is awash in cash from bank executives, many of them heavily involved in financing the fossil fuel industry. So, um, Mm -hmm. good to read the room. Um, He seems to have changed his mind about money and politics Uh, at a recent event. He was asked by Greg Chung, a student organizer at Iowa Student Action, "quote I wanted to ask if you think that taking big money out of politics includes not taking money off of billionaires and closed door fundraisers." To which Pete replied, "No," and walked away. And uh, speaking well, of I mean, there you go. <laughs> speaking of this exact topic, um, it was recently reported by Axios that one of Pete's bundlers, H.K. Park. Uh, dangled influence to donors in an email reading, quote, if you want to get on the campaign's radar now before he is flooded with donations after winning Iowa and New Hampshire, you can use the link below for donations. Um, Now, uh, again, to be fair to Pete, the campaign responded by saying, quote, the campaign did not see or authorize the language in this email. Bullshit. But... It is ridiculous to interpret it as anything more than asking potential supporters who may be interested in Pete to join our campaign before caucusing and voting begins. Um, I'd like to again highlight the phrase, if you want to get on the campaign's radar.
2: Yeah. What do you mean by that? How? <laughs> I want to
4: get on the campaign's radar, but I've only got $10
2: well, okay. to well, donate. Well, what, if, what, if,
4: what if this is the reasoning, right? What do you use mm. a radar for if you're, say, a submarine? It's so you don't ram whales? What if Pete's campaign is like a nuclear submarine? It's so supercharged and we're all helpless whales in the ocean. And if we don't want to be destroyed by this runaway nuclear submarine of a politician, we have to get on his radar by donating so that he doesn't literally crush us with his uh, unfathomable bulk. That's a theory that you said out loud Yes. And I can't subscribe
3: to it. I can't. I'm sorry. I'm trying really hard. I don't believe you. Well, maybe if you were a whale, you'd feel differently. I mean, yeah, we're not all we're not all Broda judges out here. Um, incidentally, HK Park uh, previously served as the special assistant to the Defense Department's chief of staff and currently works for the Cohen Group. Both things... I hope you please remember, because we're going to come back to them later on.
2: Okay. Noted. Um,
3: but anyway, speaking of simply replying no and walking away, the day before he said taking big money out of politics doesn't include not taking money from billionaires and closed door fundraisers after being asked by a student organizer, he was asked at a press conference about his closed door private fundraisers, something he's been asked about for months, and we're going to just listen to it.
2: Oh, good. We're going to listen to him
3: being asked by the press a very simple series of questions
1: open to having a conversation about opening your fundraisers, and that's a question that reporters have been asking for months now, so I'm wondering, when do you expect to, be, to actually have that conversation and give like, an answer
5: on that? Uh, again, I don't have a timeline for you. Well, Mayor, as, the, as the candidate, can't you just direct your campaign to open this What's that? As the candidate, can't you just direct your campaign to open this Yes. And why haven't you done so? What's that? Why haven't you done so yet? There are a lot of considerations, and I'm thinking about it.
1: Last question. Can you give us an example
5: of those considerations? No. Thank you. Thank you. And then he walked
3: away. Can you give us examples of your considerations? I'll
2: tell you what, that couldn't have felt good.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm.
3: (laughs) No, I'm sure he's not very proud of how that went.
2: He just kind of scampers off the stage there.
4: If you're a journalist and your questions get a presidential candidate to walk off the stage because Mm. they can't, Answer them. You you have done a good job in that moment. Good, you're job, doing a real good guys. job. Yeah,
3: they're doing pretty well. E- even the next day, Pete was asked about his private fundraisers, the the closed doors, etc. Sure, sure. Um, and his response, because it was sort of, he draws uh, a comparison between that and uh, releasing tax returns. They're not the same thing, but he likes to draw that uh, comparison anyway. In um, his response to this question about his private fundraisers, he said that uh, the house is on fire and we need to take on Donald Trump. <laughs> um,
2: sure, sure, sure But thankfully Answer the question
3: There was a follow-up question A lot of follow-up questions to this guy Doing a really good job Here we go On transparency, just to follow up on DJ's question Is there anything personally holding you
1: back From opening up these fundraisers? I
5: just want to make sure we do it in the uh, You know, if we approach this that we, that we do it in the right way And uh, again, the team's working through options And we'll uh, invite you to stay tuned in the coming days As we pick about the uh, possible updates
3: A lot of McKinsey talk there Um, Now, it's interesting because Pete wasn't always so uh, not so transparent about these closed-door private fundraisers. Um, It seems to have really started after an issue with a private fundraiser. Uh, As reported in October by the New York Times, a bad publication we'll probably talk about later, Uh, Pete Buttigieg's presidential campaign facing criticism distanced itself on Friday from a Chicago lawyer who tried to block the release of footage of the 2014 police shooting of a black teenager, Laquan McDonald. The lawyer, Steve Patton, gave $5,600, the legal maximum contribution, to Mr. Buttigieg in June and was scheduled to co-host a fundraiser for him on Friday. After the Associated Press reported on Mr. Patton's involvement, Mr. Buttigieg's campaign said that it would return the money and that Mr. Patton would not attend the fundraiser. Um, And that's when those sort of pesky like closed-door fundraisers kind of got into full swing. Um, Though, to be fair to Pete, his campaign has since opened the doors, uh, per his uh, campaign manager, Mike Schmuel, Quote, in a continued commitment to transparency, we are announcing today that our campaign will open fundraisers to reporters and will release the names of people raising money for our campaign. Um, Speaking of transparency and releasing the names of people raising money for our campaign campaign... In mid-December, the Buttigieg campaign released a list of his bundlers, the private fundraisers who collect other donors for the candidate, the people we're talking about. They've usually maxed out at that $5,600 number. Um, The transparent list from the Buttigieg campaign weirdly excluded a bunch of those private fundraisers from the list. Uh, A lot of finance guys, some former ambassadors, some investors. And one of the bundlers uh, seemingly purposefully omitted from Mr. Pete's public disclosure, is H. Rajan Cohen, a lawyer and current senior chairman at Sullivan and Cromwell. During the 2008 financial crisis, he defended Bear Stearns, Lehman Brothers, Fannie Mae, AIG, Wachovia, National City, J.P. Morgan, and three others I didn't recognize. He has said about the financial crisis, quote, I am far from convinced there was something inherently wrong with the system. Okay. And, uh, you know, like, all your donors, they're not going to necessarily equal, like, what you think about it. But it's just interesting that he's
4: seemed to be ashamed of of these
3: people who are donating, and there are a lot of them donating, and he doesn't want you to
4: know about it. The guy who thinks there was nothing wrong with the economy before the worst economic crash of our lifetime isn't a guy I want to be on the radar Mm. Of a president heading into what's probably going to be at least another significant recession. Or Um, being the guy who is looking for other
3: people to be on the radar. mm -hmm. Mm Because that's his goal now. He's maxed out. He is finding other people that probably uh, don't think different things from him.
4: You know, to go back to my submarine analogy, if that guy <laughs> is picking the people who are going to be on the radar of the Pete Buttigieg submarine, then I worry he's going to avoid the whales that I don't know, but hit all of the whales that I do. Mm. This is oh, a perfect, right. He's using perfect, that radar analogy. That, yeah. mm-hmm. Okay. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm. You're bringing it back.
3: The whale hunter.
4: Mm-hmm. I like him now.
2: Pete. I don't
3: think he's a liar.
2: <laughs> Pete. <laughs> the judge
3: the judge yeah <laughs> um, so nice. uh, we're gonna take a short break uh, we'll be back um, uh, obviously obviously and we're gonna talk about a lot of the things we just talked about but more of it welcome to the worst year ever
0: we'll
1: get through it
0: together
1: for-
7: Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store.
6: Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Everything is so dumb, 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 dumb. Hey,
2: cool, we're back. From that ad break.
3: Oh, amazing. I can't for, believe we did it.
2: More judge <laughs> That would work great if this was on hol- uh, Halloween. Yeah. Um, what else you got for us, Cody? Every day
3: is Halloween and the worst year ever. Ugh. I know. Um. So, I remember when I mentioned um, earlier that lawyer Steve Patton, who was uh, trying to block the release of that mm-hmm. video with the, the teenager... Well, so in the first uh, bootage episode, we talked about Pete's firing of a black police chief, Boykins, uh, who the FBI was investigating for secretly recording police officers in order to root out corruption and racism.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, Pete cites the FBI investigation as the reason for the firing, although the Young Turks have released depositions from uh, 2013 from Pete's former and current campaign manager, Mike Schmuel, in which he describes telling Pete about the recordings before the FBI and also makes it clear that the FBI made no indication that there would be indictments if Boykins was not let go. Okay. Um, so they weren't pressuring him to, right. to fire him or anything like that. Further deposition from police employee Karen DePape, also fired by Buttigieg, describes numerous racist remarks on the recordings and a plot by white officers to use Pete's donors to get him to fire Boykins, a thing Pete eventually did. Um, very few people have listened to these recordings. Um, this is one of those people uh, who has uh, described them in this deposition. Um, now, to the point... On the last day before the worst year ever, Mm -hmm. it was Pete's last day as mayor. Right. He handed out the keys to the city. Uh, One of those recipients was Bob Urbanski, a big player in South Bend and a huge donor to Buttigieg's campaign. Urbanski is the donor named by name in the tapes as the donor that they were going to use to get Buttigieg to fire Boykins. Cool. And according to Jonathan Larson's reporting at the Young Turks, quote, in 2018, Urbanski backed a campaign loan for the cop who wanted Boykins out. The two other backers of the loan were Buttigieg's lawyer who oversaw the chief's ouster and the lawyer still fighting the release of the tapes. Hmm. Probably nothing. Hmm. I don't know. It's interesting um, that like four days ago, he gave that guy a key to the city.
2: Very interesting indeed.
3: But don't worry. Mm. I'm not worried. Don't worry. Um... Pete's been working on his relationship um, with uh, police and donors in the black community. Okay, oh, good. he released the Douglas Plan for Black America. Um, Ace's name. From, oh, that's from, good from Pete's campaign. Um,
4: he is a history major. Yeah,
3: exactly. Um, and again, since our first Buttigieg episode, uh, the Buttigieg campaign promoted a list of endorsements of the Douglas Plan. Um, he sent out a big email. These are these are all the the endorsed the endorsements. The people who love the plan. Mm-hmm. Um it was like uh something like 400 people um and in the email it specified a few specific people. Those people didn't endorse the plan. What? They uh I'm going to read a quote from cool. uh Baptist pastor um uh, and state rep Ivory Thigpen. These do
2: sound fake.
3: I know, I'm sorry. Um I'm not sorry. These are these people's names. Um It's a great name. Quote Somebody brought it to my attention, and it was alarming to me, because even though I had had conversations with the campaign, it was clear to me—or at least I thought I made it clear to them—that I was a strong. Daniel, uh, we might have to bleep this. This name coming up—that I was a strong Bernie Sanders supporter actually co-chair of the state, and I was not seeking to endorse their candidate or the plan. But what I had talked about was potentially giving <laughs> them a quote of support in continuing the conversation, because I do think it's a very important conversation. Oh, God. Um,
2: so funny to do that anyway and, and not think people are going to you... be like, hold on, no, I didn't.
3: It's very weird that they just
4: said maybe, it. Maybe I'm oh. missing something, but I think I, I think I can explain, might be able to explain what probably happened there. I can't know for certain, but it sounds to me like that guy, they were having an email conversation and he said that like, yeah, we can talk about it. I can give like a quote of support for continuing the conversation. And whatever intern its job was to collect all of these people. He just saw the word support when he was skimming the email and said, "Okay, we got one more. Throw that name on the list. Mm, They didn't actually care about the quote. They didn't care about dialoguing with him. It was just somebody's job to collect names. Get the name. That's going to be my guess. Yeah.
3: That makes some sense. Um, I'm going to read one more quote. Yeah. um, From one of these named people on that email, uh, Johnny Cordero. He's the chair of the state party's Black Caucus. Quote, I'm not going to change what I'm going to say. Okay, so actually, this is he was uh, asked, like, what was your thoughts about it? And he asked the reporter uh, if, he was, uh, if he was black. And the reporter said, no, I'm white. And then he's like, fuck it, I'm going to be honest anyway. Sure. <laughs> um, I'm not going to change what I'm going to say. It's presumptuous to think you can come up with a plan for black America without hearing from black folk. There's nothing in there that said black folk had anything to do with the drafting of that plan. Now, I like Pete. Please don't get me wrong. I'll help him in any way I can. I think he's an honest man. I think he's a decent man. I think he has integrity. I'd like to see him keep running, but you don't do that. Those days are over and done with. We're tired of people telling us what we need. You want to find out what we need? Come and ask us. What I was talking back and forth with them about was... Who drafted the plan? I know Pete didn't draft the plan. I'm sure he had his advisors do it. But I want to know who was involved in this plan such that you can claim that you speak for black America. The long and the short of it was they never sufficiently answered my questions. So I never actually endorsed the plan. They went ahead and used my name.
2: That's because they didn't. They used a bunch of white people to make that plan. They didn't (laughs) talk to people or consider things. Um,
3: To be fair to Pete also. uh, So like all these people were like, you know, I don't want to hurt Pete. I'm not like trying to attack his, his, uh, his campaign or anything. Uh, They were all uh, sort of of that mindset. They were just like, no, here's what happened. And I I wasn't going to like call them, but it was weird. Um, It was like, oh, that's weird. Huh? Why do you use that? Um, Now, in response to this controversy that nobody seems to bring up to him, like it seems like something he should maybe be asked about in a debate setting. Mm -hmm. Like, why did you fake these endorsements? Um, But uh, his campaign responded to this by pointing out that, well, you see, so everyone included on the list was sent an email in which they could opt out. Of being on the endorsement list, and I'm going to read oh, a little bit. Oh God! I'm gonna damn read, it. I know
2: that's like some tricky website where you you they have to jump through who to cancel a subscription. It's like
3: it's some sneaky Pete stuff. Uh, it's like a cable company. It's like an insurance company. So here's a little bit of that email quote: "Good afternoon, thank you for your willingness to publicly support Mayor Pete Buttigieg's Douglas Plan, the boldest plan." <laughs> There's that word bold again. Uh, uh, it goes into the plan. The plenty boldest plan. The <laughs> Plenty boldest plan. Uh, it ends on, if you do not want your name included, please let us know by 4 p.m. Eastern Ooh. Standard Time today. <laughs> now,
2: So 1 p.m. for so us.
3: So that's the power of choice right there. You see, it's the power of choice. You get an email <laughs> and you can opt out of being included on that list. I'd like to point out that the email started with good afternoon and ended with respond by 4 p.m. Right. So they gave him a wow. four-hour
4: period to opt out wow. of endorsing this plan. That at most a four-hour period. Jesus Christ! Like, <laughs> geez, Jesus Christ! <laughs> nothing, nothing works that way. That isn't shady. It's, yeah, it's
3: yeah. like it's like the shadiest yeah. like
4: tactic. And like the responses
3: are even worse. It just gets worse and worse and worse. Cool. And this is the kind of thing you might learn about at McKinsey, uh, which we're going to talk about a little bit about oh, McKinsey good. again. I know we're all very excited. Uh, we talked about Pete uh, in his consulting last time. Uh, and Robert, earlier, you've, today. And earlier today, Robert, you talked about it. Uh, like this, like you said at, at the time, we didn't really know what his work was was being done. Um, McKinsey's got a lot of clients. Um, Enron comes to mind from before Pete worked there. ICE comes to mind from sure. when Pete was not working there anymore. Um and according Oh and to- Cody
4: now when you when you say ice you mean the concept of frozen water that you chop mm-hmm. up and put in beverages right Oh
3: my sweet beautiful man no that's not what i mean
4: uh, Oh dear Is there, Is there some Sorry, other I ice
2: I right before i spoke There's
3: another ice and they they uh they trick <laughs> people and round them up and deport them Oh Don't worry Robert we'll talk about d- this after but- the recording yeah, we will, we'll tell you all about oh, ICE boy. and Border Patrol uh, when we're done. I feel
4: as if I have missed an important story.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got, you've got a lot to learn, buddy. So uh, as you pointed out, uh, Robert, uh, he used to uh, talk about his time at McKinsey a lot, talking about he's, he's like a senior decision maker, you know, part of these billion-dollar decisions. Um, but then he stopped talking about it, and he really downplays it now. One quote about it um, <laughs> that I, I really, really like is... Uh, to the extent that I was uniquely qualified on something, it was definitely Canadian grocery prices. Okay. Um, really downplaying oh his work. Boy. Yeah. Um, speaking of grocery prices, the company Buttigieg is referring to uh, is Loblaw. It's a Canadian grocer implicated in a price-fixing scandal uh, to artificially raise the price of bread. <laughs> um, not saying he was involved with that. I'm just saying that uh, he's really downplaying it to Canadian grocery prices, sure. and that happened to that specific Canadian grocer.
4: Guys, think about it, though. Don't you want to see Pete Buttigieg and Donald Trump on the debating stage, yeah. arguing about the price of bagged <laughs> milk in Canada?
2: No, I don't. I don't, yeah, Robert. Like Pete... I'm sorry. I can't follow this. No, I don't. Pete talking don't about how, to like, see that.
4: how, like, <laughs> we should charge $20, and
3: Trump's like, I thought we did charge $20.
2: And they're like, oh, wait, do you want to be running mates?
3: Mm, ooh, yeah, I'd see that. That's right. that's a winning ticket right there. Um, So... uh. He's been sort of slowly asked about his work. Um, Robert, you mentioned his time at Blue Cross Blue Shield. Uh, he's asked about Ra- by Rachel Maddow about it. He he's he's talked about how like I doubt I had anything to do with those layoffs. I don't know what happened in that <laughs> time. And as we've heard uh, from from that quote, uh, he did he did know. He did seem to know and kind of bragged about it. Um,
4: well, it's one of two things, right? Like he either did know and bragged about it, or he was just lying because he wanted to pretend like he'd been a big decision maker at a big company back when that would help him. Yes, like he might be telling the truth now and have lied back then. I don't, re- I don't really know. It's
3: possible. Who knows? Um, yeah. Uh, and he's just yeah. Uh, one thing. One thing he's he's also said about this um, <sighs> when he's asked about whether he had something to do with it. It's very interesting. Um, now, what I do know is there are some voices in the Democratic primary right now who are calling for a policy that would eliminate the job of every single American working at every single insurance company in the oh, country.
2: come on. Oh, come on. That is not true. Um,
3: oh, no. It's also not the same thing. It's
2: not people, the same thing. Uh,
3: being a consulting firm and getting people to lose their jobs for the purposes of, like, protecting the profits of an insurance company is not the same thing as eliminating an industry in order to give people health care.
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess people yeah. would lose jobs. But it's just a... a f-
3: it's it's a yeah well i mean it's a dishonest dishonest framing
4: yeah like we a lot of people lost jobs when the tobacco industry was fined billions of dollars for covering up the fact that cigarettes give you cancer that that cost some folks some jobs Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) sometimes people there were people who were yeah, in in the who used to make a living designing cigarette ads for magazines that don't have that job anymore because they can't advert any. It just is a thing that happens exactly. when you take care of the health of yeah. human beings. Well, anyway. and
3: there's yeah. a lot of like the downplaying is interesting. There's a, a Wendell Porter. Uh, he's a, a former, formerly at, uh, he worked at Cigna, large insurer. Um, he basically uh, he quit. Uh, they wouldn't pay for a young woman's liver transplant. And he was like, this place is disgusting. I quit. And now he's sort of, he just talks about his time at this, this insurance company. Uh, I think we talked about him last time. And sort of his giving context to uh, the things that Pete says. Uh, I'm going to read a short quote from uh, a very interesting thread about the language they use and uh, what they do. Uh, some context on the, it was only three months talking point. Consulting is by nature temporary work. Often my insurance company would hire McKinsey for special projects to cut jobs and raise rates. That didn't take very long. Pete says he didn't work on stuff he, quote, had a problem with. Like Pete, I also worked for an insurer and turned a blind eye to the real world effects. Eventually, I had a problem with a lot of it. It's hard not to when your job includes denying care to Americans who need it most. Um, And this sort of goes back to that. Quote about um, I'm not comparing this to slavery, obviously, but like knowing something is bad, doing it anyway, right? Um, and sort of forgiving that and not talking about it in an honest way. And uh, so this Blue Cross and blah blah, there are two examples of work he's done. It seems like he is playing it up, then realizing people don't like it, downplaying it. It is unclear what he actually did. Mm-hmm. It seems like he advised people to do things that maybe hurt people. Uh, for reasons that aren't good. Sure does um, seem that way. Another example: uh, he he was on the team that advised the post office, and he pushed for the post office to get privatized. Uh-huh. So I don't know, Pete. I'm not I'm not sure about you. But enough about McKinsey. Okay. I think it's time to really get to the real question that we've all been wondering. Please. Is Pete a CIA agent?
2: I like the heading you gave this section: Central Intelligence. Yes,
3: the the Central Intelligence Agency. Um, right out of college, Pete worked for the Cohen Group in 2004. The Cohen Group is a strategic consulting firm founded in 2001 by former United States Secretary of Defense William S. Cohen. Uh, you might remember the Cohen Group as being mentioned earlier when HK Park dangled influence in front of potential Buttigieg donors. Uh, Park is currently at the Cohen Group. He previously worked at the Department of Defense. Uh, Pete seems to have a lot of friends in the Defense Department, intelligence, intelligence agencies and so on. His best man at his wedding was Nat Myers. They went to college together. Um, He's currently at the Office of Transition Initiatives, uh, part of the United States Agency for International Development Bureau for Democracy, Conflict, and Humanitarian Assistance. It is uh, (laughs) developed to provide fast, flexible, short-term assistance to take advantage of windows of opportunity to build democracy and peace. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to let listeners or you guys just sort of interpret that however you want.
2: Um, Let's see. Sounds above board. United States Agency for International Development Bureau for Democracy, Conflict, and Humanitarian Assistance.
3: Looking for windows of opportunity to build democracy. Yeah. Um, uh huh.
2: That was the part I should have reread. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah. Yeah. Windows of opportunity uh, is not a great. Yeah. Oof. I don't
2: know. It's not to sorry. build democracy. And um, peace. And
4: peace, yes. We all
3: love democracy and peace. We all love choice, too. Mm-hmm. We all love choice, right, folks? Um, now, you might recall, but probably don't, uh, Nat, as being the co-author of a New York Times piece in 2008.
2: Okay. Uh, I about, don't remember this, well, but you're going to remind me. I might
3: remind you a little bit. Um, then the piece in the New York Times in 2008 um, was about him and his college buddies vacation in Somaliland, a famous vacation spot
4: that okay. we all love, right? Oh, boy. Oh yeah. I mean I've I hear it's a great place to go and meet with local elected officials for purely <laughs> recreational purposes. I've heard that too. I've heard it mm-hmm. everywhere when I was in college.
3: All my professors were like you should do this after you graduate. Well,
2: everybody I knew spring yeah, break. yeah, dude. There. For
4: spring break, we'll go to Somaliland and we'll meet with local yeah. officials, mm-hmm. yo. It's gonna be lit. Um, yeah, and absolutely. Be. It sounds
3: lit, and I and so luckily Nat and his college buddy, who spoiler alert was Pete Buttigieg, uh, they wrote this piece about their their vacation in Somaliland that lasted for twenty four hours. And they spent time talking to uh, local officials. Nerds. Um, nerds. These 27-year-olds going to Somaliland for 24 hours on vacation. Huh. Here's an a, a interesting quote, um, now that we've got a little more context about, about that. Um, quote, remarkably, throughout the many years the international community has funded, fed, and sought vainly to stabilize Somalia, it has studiously ignored the peaceful and democratic polity to Somalia's north. Uh, the article seems to be pointing to like the America needs to really needs to do something in Somaliland. Huh? It's like it's like open it's like open for democracy. Is it? We got Do you
2: think that they should take advantage of um, windows of opportunity to build?
3: It seems like maybe maybe. Um, I'm just saying it's it's an odd thing from two 27 year olds on vacation for 24 hours. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Seems
4: like maybe. Well, and he, okay. <laughs> I just looked it up. Do you know where Pete would have been flying out of at that point? Um we have his
1: travel records?
4: I mean, it would have been, like, uh, it would have been America. So, so, but, but, like, was it, like, somewhere on the East Coast, I'm guessing?
3: Um, probably D.C., because he was at the Cohen Group, right?
4: He, okay, yeah, I'm looking at that right now, and the most direct flight, if you assume that they got him the easiest one, uh, is a 16 and a half, uh, hour, or 16 hour and 50 minute Long journey. Mm-hmm. Um, you also usually have to, it's thirty three hours. Yeah, total you also have to, to g- get there.
3: Go, you get there, get and then there's like a uh, several hour journey um, through uh, various terrain yeah. and areas to get to where
4: he actually went.
2: Got to um, admit, that doesn't sound like much of a vacation to me. It doesn't. Sound so much yeah, like a vacation.
4: he's it, it's it seems weird to spend thirty four hours in the sky um, in least. order to spend mm-hmm. twenty four hours on the ground unless you have a very specific goal in mind.
3: Talk anyway. to local officials and
4: then write a piece about it in the New York Times? I do love talking to lo- – I mean like and, – and that's the kind of thing. Like if I were to go to the New York Times or any other publisher and be like, hey, I traveled to this country for a day and talked to local officials, I'm going to uh, almost guarantee you that they would – there would be a lot of questions. Why only a day? That's not <laughs> right, right, much right. time to, get, to gain an understanding of what you're writing about. That's very yeah. weird. Why it's That's day. not enough time to vet people to like, like collect a, third a variety of, that of day Is like getting to where you need to be after you yeah. land. Um, I feel bad about writing something about a country spending a week there. Right. I'm like, oh, it was exactly. Only a week. Yeah. Right. You're not but, like okay. yeah.
3: You'd you'd feel bad pulling a Barry Weiss, <laughs> going to yes. Australia for a week and then writing about it. Um, so I don't it know. It is a
4: land of contrasts.
3: Mm. Um, anyway, so <laughs> so. Then Pete trained to be a naval intelligence officer. Mm -hmm. And then he worked for McKinsey. And then became mayor. And then he did some other things we've talked about. And now he's running for president at 37. And while he's been running for president, Pete has contracted Patriot Group International to run security for him. Um, Mm -hmm. This is actually, this is odd. Security is usually done by local municipalities. Right. Um, It's not by um, like a a BlackRock
4: style uh, private mercenary group. And it's, it's really funny. I found a, an article that was like very clearly pro-Pete Buttigieg comparing him to like Bill de Blasio in the city, which is like I think a local New York site. Uh, and, yeah, the, the title is Buttigieg Pays for Own Security as de Blasio Bills New York City. <laughs> um, and it quotes Liz Smith, press secretary for Buttigieg, uh, who confirms that uh, Pete Buttigieg does not make his constituents foot the bill for security. Quote, we pay for security from the campaign, she said, noting that Buttigieg does not employ a cuttery of South Bend cops to shadow his every campaign move, but hires retired cops or ex-secret service agents, and only for some events. Now, according to OP, in secrets, his campaign has spent a minimum of five hundred and sixty thousand dollars hiring Big Group International, a group on whose website bra- like features pictures of Predator drones. Yeah, uh, and who has had multiple employees killed in places like Iraq and Afghanistan.
3: Yeah, they're not for this. Um, it's very
4: odd. no, they're mercenaries. What did you uh, say
2: that it's not paid for by its supporters? It's paid for by the campaign. Where do you get that campaign where did money? That campaign where do you get that campaign money? money?
4: Yeah. money? Um, well, they're, they're saying you know, he's saying he's not. He doesn't make his constituents foot the bill. Which oh, is, sure, like, sure, He's sure, not, sure, not making okay. the, the city of or of Thanks, South Bend. Pete. You know, Cute. Um, yeah.
3: According to Patriot Group International, uh, their website, they provide services for quote clients within the intelligence, defense, and private sectors. Okay, um, cool.
2: None of which he is.
3: Um, none of which he is. Um, it's just it's weird. Uh, most of their clients, like you said, they're uh, these sort of defense contracts overseas. They also stopped doing uh political work in 2012 uh there yeah. was an incident with uh, uh newt gingrich's security detail uh a, like a ron paul supporter tried to attack him and they just don't do that anymore so since 2012 they have not yeah. done this interesting and now they're so doing why? this um why are they doing i don't it know it's very interesting um i'm sure
4: there's no sketchy reason there's probably no
3: sketchy reasons Um, P just seems to have a lot of support from folks in the intelligence and defense community. Mm. Uh, A lot of his donors come from there. A lot of CIA. Um, A lot of World Bank. BlackRock folk.
4: I mean, but you know, when we're when we're looking at, you know, people point out the fact that Bernie Sanders has gotten like more individual donations, I think, than any uh, candidate in recent memory, and how that means that you know, presumably, he has a lot of electoral appeal and could get a lot of mm-hmm. votes in the general. And I think we have to make the same point with Pete that it looks like, based on his his resume, he could really lock down the mercenary vote, and that's a critical demo.
2: Is it? How big is that? <laughs>
4: Big enough. I uh, there's t- tens of them in the country. Yeah. But like, what do they have? Uh, numerous what are they packing. Tins. You know. Okay. There you go. I mean, they're, I mean, guns, Katie.
2: <laughs> I know. Filthy.
4: Unacceptable. I, I know they're packing a ballot for Pete Buttigieg. For there we some go. Reason that's <laughs> um, unsettling. Yeah.
3: <laughs> um, he is. If you look at the uh, uh, donations of all the candidates from um, like intelligence community, Department of Defense, Justice Department. He overwhelmingly has the most uh, money from them. Mm -hmm. Um, If you include the military, that's actually not true. uh, Because, well, because uh, the military, folks in the military overwhelmingly support uh, the person I'm not allowed to talk about. Oh, Bernie? Thank you. Um, So if you include that, uh, it's not true. But um, so I guess all these things are interesting, all these things um, are odd. Uh, he does seem like he's a bit of a liar. Um, I wouldn't say he's a CIA agent or a CIA asset, but these are interesting, weird stories that, uh, I am surprised he has done Mm -hmm. given how he frames himself and presents himself. These are the, the Somaliland story is wild. I don't know why he did that, um, but I think more than anything. Yeah, that's the yeah, most baffling
4: that... and creepy thing.
2: It's yeah. very... Weird. start doing some donations and get on mm, his radar. I do so want to get can on ask their radar questions about it.
4: That and the
3: and the uh Patriot Group International are two things where I'm like yeah. But why, Pete? Yeah, those but are the why? TV. Yeah. I mean there's a lot
2: of stuff that um, th- that's And he you, was like he's stuff... always
3: very uh the, like a lot of Obama people were very supportive of his twenty eleven uh campaign for mm-hmm. mayor of South Bend, which is weird. Um, and then he like quit the Obama uh, working for the Obama uh, campaign at one point to join the Navy to become a naval intelligence officer, and then he came back. It's just a a series of events.
2: Well, it's all very calculated. God damn it! Again. It's I, so I mean, we've, weird. We've known it for like, the last. Like it's one episode, of those.
4: Uh, I conspiracy theory thinking is like a disease that is. Uh, doing incalculable damage to the body politic right now and like I hate like jumping into these th- to, to stuff like that but also like it's so fucking sketchy yeah. It's very like, sketchy. W- what is the explanation for the Somaliland trip that isn't sketchy as hell what is the explanation for hiring Patriot Group International that isn't sketchy as hell presidential campaigns don't hire mercenaries for crowd control like, and those mercenaries
2: wh- don't get hired commented on it
3: no Seems like something to be brought up. Um, like ask that too, like, when you got
2: on his radar. Uh,
4: I just like I, it's so hard to not sound like to not be in fact a conspiracy theorist when you talk about this guy. But there's so much of it that just screams fucking spooks. Yeah. Like. Yeah. 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 yeah
3: um, his be- behavior is spook-like, and spooks love him, <laughs> and that's and that's how it is. Um, yeah. And at least you know he's we got can make something CIA of it. His- vote. Maybe he's just a a well rounded guy, you know maybe maybe he's passionate about price fixing and uh somaliland the cost local of bread. officials the cost of bread exactly
2: and he's just really craves security, yeah, you know he
3: just needs zeni's needs better security We
2: are all a little unsettled these days, and he just wants to feel safe,
3: yeah uh it's <laughs> just so uh. To sort of circle back to my original uh, desire for him to drop out and endorse Bernie Sanders, um, I still stand by that. I was thinking about, like, oh, yeah, endorse him, and then, like, become his running mate. But that's, like, the scariest thing to me, because then you have, like, but then the CIA will kill the socialist, and then Pete will be the president. So I don't want him to do that.
2: You're really going down a rabbit hole. I know. Uh, We've arrived. You... It's, but how can
3: you not? How can like... you not? It's very <laughs> weird. It's very not? weird. It's weird.
2: Really jumping I, both feet first into the worst
3: you well, ever I, here. I, I, I wanted to lay all this out and be, like, very level-headed. Yeah, um, you
2: wanted to do that. But... And I, I, think we should,
4: I think we should highlight here that we all decided we needed a Pete Buttigieg episode. And Katie and I expressed, oh, shit, we're so busy getting some of the other stuff done. I don't know how much research we'll be able to finish. And then before either of us finished that sentence, Cody said, oh, no, I've already written eight pages on him. So – That's that's the story of this episode. I've got strong Uh, feelings about Pete. he's
2: been been every every time there's a silence when we're working on any project, uh, he'll be like, did you see this thing about Pete? He's been brooding over it for months. He's such a liar. So we needed to get this in for Cody's sanity. Thank you. And to get it out there.
4: Thank you for Some yarn this. and some pieces of paper with facts about Pete yeah. Buttigieg on them. <laughs> You're yes, not going to be, be able to walk the to Pepe the Pepe Sylvia scene afterwards. from Always Sunny. Yeah, exactly.
3: Yeah, I'm just very passionate about Pete, mm-hmm. um, and <laughs> he's a liar. Um, I think that quote of him saying "say you need to to win" is very telling, and like uh, imperviate, like it, it, like it's in it's in his soul, it's in his bones, um, in a way that is unique.
4: Robert, used to yeah, be. like <laughs> whenever you whenever you call a politician, like uh, call them out for lying, it's easy for like the response, especially for people who like that particular politician, to be like, you know, if they can't deny that the lie happened, well, they all lie. They're politicians, and it's true. Like Barack Obama told lies. Donald Trump has told quite a few lies. Like, but r- like r- even like Trump is the one that like usually where this goes r- 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 It's like, well, they all lie, and yes. it's true that Obama lied. It's true that Bush lied. It's true that. Uh, Clinton and Reagan lied. I think the difference, b- both with Trump and with a guy like Pete, is the consistency with which they lie. Yeah. Everything he says is disingenuous. Yeah. Everything he says, when you dig into it, is Skewed differently than like he portrays it, or is an outright fabrication, or is like, it's like you look into like, like this stuff with um, having people sign on, like trick, basically tricking people into endorsing uh, the his Ferguson or not for uh, Douglas plan, mm-hmm. um, right. is like, it's 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 such a consistency. So, like, like all, every politician lies. Not every politician is like fundamentally at their core a liar. Yes. Yeah. Um. And yeah, that's what I see with Pete Buttigieg. Also, someone who. Yeah.
2: I I when people say like, well, he's a politician. I mean, I've said that, but I don't say that as a dismissal of the fact that. He's lied. I hate mm-hmm. that about politicians. Mm-hmm. I want the politician that's the least politician-y, you know? Uh, you know who that might yeah, be? Yeah,
4: they're not all
2: <laughs> equal <Warren>. liars. Uh. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, um, it's, yeah, it's a very unique thing for Pete, I think. Um, and that's the frustrating thing because it happens quite a bit, uh, very consistently. And he's not really confronted about it yeah. in a way that other politicians would be, like on a debate stage mm-hmm. and things like that. Um the media sort of lifted him up as this like oh he's the Obama he's like a smart guy and he's he can he knows all the languages and like I think that's weirdly true like he can like hone in on like here's how you speak so I'm going to try to talk to you like this I'm going to lie to you Yeah um he's good at the he's good at language in a lying way
4: if you're for the the nine or 10 people who are uh fans of Transmetropolitan which is mm-hmm. a comic book series oh, yeah. by Derek Robertson and Warren Ellis that I quite enjoy um it's about like an election and there's a character um the smiler a, a politician a guy running for president the smiler and and Buttigieg reminds me a lot of him yep um yeah it comes to mind quite a bit He's this, yeah. this guy who doesn't who says all the right things and believes in none of them, and that's how I feel about Pete Buttigieg.
3: Yeah, and I think that is, speaks to why all that, all the, all this money from these various places are are funneling into him because they know that about him and they know what they can get out of it.
4: In conclusion, make Pete Buttigieg not the presidential judge. judge. Judge.
2: So like poo-poo to judge. <laughs> well, so. Next week, guys, we're going to be dropping uh, the first part of our much-anticipated furry episode, mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. we're really excited to share that with
6: we you. We are
2: very excited. Uh, I it is can't... going to
4: be an audio-visual extravaganza, extravaganza without the visual without part. Without
2: the visuals. Um, I can't speak for either of th- of these two guys, but I hope you had a good, happy safe new year yeah i hope that um what do you mean you can't speak uh, for us i can't speak for you i can speak for me everybody liking me
4: no i i don't hope that actually you so see, i'm glad exactly. you didn't speak right. for me
2: um and cody you've um, never, never I, mentioned that in passing yeah. so i how i would i assume that you thought that uh, you hoped mm-hmm. for okay. everyone's okay. health and happiness okay. Okay. um okay yeah and man i'm not gonna say it's good to be back but we are back Baby, <laughs> <laughs> we are back.
4: We are we are still here, mm-hmm. and that is a fact.
2: Um, you guys can uh, find us online at Worst Year Pod on Twitter and Instagram, etc. There's merch out there. That's true. Um,
4: and you can find yeah, the worst cool. year ever right now in your life currently because it's here, and Just
2: you can't escape heart. it. It's in and your ears, in your
4: mind, your brain, your heart.
2: Um, cue We're the sold. Mountain just Goat have song. To it. We'll get through this year. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. I'm going to
4: make it through to this year if it gets
3: We be. might That's not, though.
4: Nobody can promise that at
2: yeah, this point. That. I, I ran out of steam <laughs> there at the end.
3: You got to post it on the last day of the year so you know. Like, No, it's like the 12 to- hours. I'll be yeah, fine. Except everybody does. Mm.
2: Um, it's good. It's a good song. Um, all right. Cool. <laughs> we'll be back next week. Thanks, guys. Hey,
3: bye. Everything's
2: so dumb.
5: Everything's so dumb.